You're tuned in to Shift Happens on Kootenai Co-op Radio. My name is Jeff. And I'm Anna. And in today's episode, we're actually going to be interviewing two different performance artists. One's name is Baba. Baba Brinkman, who is doing a rap guide to consciousness at the Civic Theatre on August 27th. And then there's Lester McLean, who's doing a whole series of dates in the Kootenays. So hold on tight. You're listening to Shift Happens. My name is Anna. And I'm Jeff. And today we're talking to Baba Brinkman, who is originally from Ryandell and who has put together a really interesting show called Rap Guide to Consciousness, which is coming to the Civic Theater on August 27th. So we wanted to give everybody a heads up. That sounds like it's going to be a really interesting show. Welcome, Baba. Well, it's a pleasure to be on. Jeff and Anna, nice to meet you both. Nice meeting you too. So, Rap Guide to Consciousness, how on earth did you come up with a show called that? Well, um, I've been doing rap for close to 20 years now, I guess. I'm in my late 30s and I started as a teenager. And um, over the past, whatever, decade and a half or so, I got into doing hip-hop theater. So I've, I've created a whole series of sort of one man, uh, they're, they're kind of one part stand-up comedy, one part TED Talk, and one part rap concert with sort of storytelling weaving them together. So um, I take these to fringe festivals and I do them off-Broadway in New York and the Rap Guide series uh, started almost 10 years ago and I, I've done a whole collection, a Rap Guide to Evolution, a Rap Guide to Religion. Two years ago I did a Rap Guide to Climate Change and uh, each of them takes a complicated idea from science, and I work with uh, researchers and experts in the field and get them to, you know, suggest approaches to learning about and communicating the details. And I was just really fascinated by the science of consciousness. Also, uh, my wife is a neuroscientist. That's what she does. Uh, she, she runs a brain scanning lab in New York, and she's kind of a consciousness expert and gets invited to speak on TV and radio shows and TED talk type things about how the brain works and how it generates our, our subjective experiences. Um, so she, you know, has been pointing me to some research that I should take a look at. And also it's just very, very counterintuitive and, and, uh, sort of radical in a way to look at the world and experience your visual sensations and auditory sensations and, you know, flavors and just all the, the richness of experience and consider the possibility that all of that is somehow just interactions of cells in our brains. And, uh, you know, it just feels like improbable that that could be the case. And yet that's the message that the sort of brain science researchers are giving us. So I thought I'd write a whole show sort of exploring the how, how, how would that even be conceivably possible uh, and what are the various theories and how realistic do they seem and how do they square with our intuitions and experiences from the inside, subjectively? A couple months ago, we interviewed Tom Campbell. Are you familiar with him? I don't think so. No. He's a physicist who um, who talks about the fact that we are living in a virtual reality, that we are actually consciousness separate from our bodies. So, yeah. so that's another approach. So as a brain scientist, your wife is 
is of the belief that our brains are electrical impulses, basically, or our consciousness is electrical impulses in the brain. Is that correct? Well, that's uh, that's what the brain has been shown to be. Um, whether consciousness is something in addition to that or not is an ongoing discussion that people have. But people have different views. I think, uh, yeah, I think my, I think my wife uh, and and myself as well are sort of of the view that um, that yeah, consciousness can be understood in principle, if not yet in practice, in terms of brain activity, and that's just a, an active area of research investigation and you know the theories are fascinating and they might come up short who knows you know it's not something that has a complete explanation yeah i think uh, areas of science that don't yet have complete explanations are generally the most interesting parts of it um so yeah the whole show is about exactly what what you just talked about is, is consciousness something more uh, is it a is it a field does it have to do with quantum physics uh or does it have to do with computation and and that's where you um, mentioned living in a simulation you know some of the theories i explore in the show uh talk about how um, how the brain generates sort of um i guess like predictive predictive um fields for us to explore and and that creates a kind of simulation effect because of course as we know there's no light in the brain right it's yeah. pitch dark in the skull and yet here we experience these rich visual sensations of light and color, which has to kind of be a simulation like the matrix in a way right. uh, generated for, you know, for our um, conscious experiences to play out on some kind of platform. You know, what's the reason for that? Is it a, does it have a spiritual explanation or the, you know, this sort of biochemical uh, neuroscience explanation would be that it, you know, evolution required us to be able to interact with our environment and create some kind of user interface like the one we play with on our smartphones, you know? If a smartphone was just wires and code, you wouldn't be able to do much with it. Uh, but we do know. We know that it's wires and code on the inside. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating discussion. Are you guys still there? Yes, yeah, we are. Still, you just broke up a little bit. So. Oh, whoops. The uh, there's another piece of research that I read where they talked about uh, when they were doing brain surgery, experimenting with the way that the signal of, say, a sense of touch is transmitted to the brain and perceived. And they started to think that the brain is actually sending that signal back in time so that we are experiencing the sensation at the exact same time as we're touching something rather than it taking, you know, a, a split second for the signal to get from our finger to our brain and then, and then be processed and perceived. It, do you talk yeah. about the whole, the brain being able to mess with time thing? Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. That's, you know, if you think about it, that's kind of, that's kind of has to be the case because of everything around us is coming from different angles and, you know, at different distances and we receive signals at slightly different times, but can perceive them at being exactly the same time. So the brain must be sort of moving things around for our benefit so that it doesn't get perceived as chaos. And, uh, and so, you know, the, I think one aspect of it is it's kind of all, it all has to be collapsed into a narrative of some kind, right? It's, it has to be, it's all sort of, woven into something that can be interpreted by us. So we've got these sort of like storytelling generation 
machines in our brains that, that take things that seem random and fit them into a pattern so that they make sense or, um, you know, put them in context or connect them with other things, you know, possibly a little bit too promiscuously. My, my sense is we see more connections than there really are. Right. <laughs> um, but I think, it, you know, that, that may be the way we're designed, like the smoke detector principle, you know, smoke detectors go off a little annoyingly too often, like when you make toast. Uh, but that's generally safer than having them go off too infrequently. All right. You you sound like a sort of a cooler Bill Nye the science guy. Well, Bill, Bill Nye is a friend. I got to hang out with him a bunch in New York. He came to my show. I recorded a little video saying you really liked it, and he's definitely been a mentor. I've I've uh, you know, I, I, I started out just with rap and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with rap. I was just making records and performing. And, um, yeah, I did like, um, translations of old poetry, like the Canterbury tales into rap. And then, you know, over the past few years, I've really gotten excited about science and just the story, you know, the story of the human experience that science is telling, whether that's, you know, our evolutionary history or space exploration or what's happening in the brain or whatever. I think it's just, uh, you know, it's exciting new frontiers, and I think rap and live performance and comedy and theater can be a great way to make these complicated, you know, seemingly inaccessible ideas seem sort of fun and relatable. I'm kind of curious how a young guy from Ryandell ended up married to a neuroscientist in New York. Yeah. Tell us a little yeah. of your personal story. Well, um, I, I, I don't know if I would fully claim that I'm from Ryandell, but I was born in Ryandell. Um, if the name uh, Brinkman is familiar to any listeners, it's probably because they know tree planters. Um, so the, the company Brinkman and Associates Reforestation is my dad, uh, Dirk Brinkman, and he um, you know located to Ryandell in the mid-70s and ran tree planting crews out of the Kootenays and... Um, some, some of the people that he worked with over the years still live all around Kootenays and in the East Shore. And so I've, I've worked all around there. I, I, tr- I planted trees myself for 10 years with family business. Uh, but I, you know, had, had big dreams of being a, a rapper and an entertainer. And I um, planted, planted trees until sort of the, the mid-2000s and then, uh, and then started writing these rap shows and taking them on tour. And each one led to another one. I did one about the Canterbury Tales in England and I met a biologist who loved it and he said, if you could explain Geoffrey Chaucer, do you think you could explain Charles Darwin? And uh, that sounded like a pretty cool uh, challenge. So I wrote a whole rap show about evolution and human origins and Darwin's legacy. And that's what brought me to New York. So a, a, a New York producer saw that show and said, we, we think this is going to work great off Broadway. And they brought me there in 2011, got me an artist visa, booked a theater, and I performed 110 shows in five months in 2011. Wow. Uh, downtown Manhattan uh, in its 200-state theater is such a, such a thrill ride. Uh, and so that, you know, but I had an, I had a three year artist visa and there were all these tours organized where, you know, the show started in Manhattan and then, you know, we did a whole tour of Australia and we did a whole East coast tour, you know, Florida and New Hampshire and Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. And, um, yeah, 2012, I, I met my wife at this event. She was giving a science lecture and I was doing a science rap and, 
you know, we, we hit it off and I decided to just settle down in New York. So now I have, I have two kids. I have a one-year-old and a four-year-old and my wife still works at the, uh, Mount Sinai and, and Cornell hospitals in the sort of brain scanning and brain surgery unit there. And I do, I do science rap and perform in New York and travel the world. It's kind of a, an, an odd, unexpected twist that my life has taken, but it's pretty, it's pretty great to be able to do this for a living too. Sounds like you have an amazing life. Yeah, it's, it's sort of improbably come together. I don't know, you know, it, it, the, the odds of some, someone born in the Cooties and raised in Vancouver and, you know, deciding that rap is going to be the uh, creative outlet, that, that seems improbable enough. And then, you know, doing it about science, that's like even further left field. And then, uh, and getting to that, there's an appetite for it. I think a lot of people that, you know, they want to be entertained, but they they don't want to be entertained just to switch off their brains and fetch, you know, people, I mean, I'm like, I, I find intellectual stimulation, one of the most entertaining things. If someone can make me think and make me laugh at the same time, then that's about as good as I've ever felt. Uh, and so that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to do with my shows. Especially at the end of the day, right? Um, we do heavy brain work throughout the day and we like to veg, maybe watch something online or whatever, but you don't want to have something that insults your intelligence, but you don't want to necessarily be digesting really heavy material either because you're trying to shut the brain off a bit, right? So yeah, I, think, I mean, really I, 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 I veg as much as anyone, but, um, you know, I, I'm also just interested in the big question and, you know, the big, like, who are we and where do we come from and what are we doing here and what are we supposed to do with these lives and stuff like that? You know, that, that's, that's something that I think people are considering all the time. And I think the arts and music and theater and comedy can give us a perspective on it that, that makes it feel more like, like we're connected to those questions and that there may actually be answers. It's not just a, a constant fight. Um, you know, I, I also partially moved to the States cause I felt like, uh, there was more need for science communication there than in Canada and Europe, let's say, uh, there's definitely like a, an anti-science strain. Uh, and I think the, uh, the rise of Trumpism has confirmed it several times over. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I, people, people in Nelson will probably not take offense, but people in New York, uh, I, I go hard against Trump in the show and sort of use him as a, um, an example of less than conscious behavior, uh, in terms of like cognitive biases and, uh, blind spots and, and things like that, that, you know, just like you can understand consciousness by looking at its opposite, let's say, um, and he's definitely the opposite the contours, but I did have Trump supporters like leave my show in protest a couple of times in New York. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It was, a, it was a badge of pride. Good for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it sounds like it's been uh, a life of synchronicities. Do you talk about that sort of phenomena in your show? Um, a, a little bit. It, com- it comes up. One of the things that I do, and if, if anyone's listening and thinking of coming to the show, um, the show has a and a that's built into it um, where I kind of talk about all the science of consciousness stuff. And then I say, like, so what questions do you have? And uh, and then I do this whole rap that's, that's improvised with the whole freestyle component where I'm responding to and interacting with what people suggested uh, that I 
exploring the show. And then that's meant to be a sort of representation of free will and, uh, and, you know, the kind of improvisational open-endedness that, uh, humans have evolved in terms of synchronicities. Um, you know, my interpretation of that is that it's probably more, more to do with the subconscious mind containing information that the conscious mind doesn't have access to. And it can feed us things and we'll go, Oh, I can't believe I thought of that just now. And then it happened or whatever. But it's, you know, in my view that the explanation of it is that there's a lot more going on in the brain than we're aware of. And, uh, and you know, that, that's where, and then, it, you know, that's a kind of parallel processing thing that can, you know, deliver information that seems to be coming from the spirit world. But I don't know. As you are, as anyone who comes to see my show will find out, I'm a, uh, I'm a, a diehard materialist skeptic to the core. Wasn't always, but that's what's provocative about the show is, uh, I think, kind of inviting people to see the world through the lens of, you know, maybe this is all just physical interactions at every level and we're a product of it. It doesn't feel like that and most people don't believe that, but uh, I like inviting people to consider the possibility, you know, in detail and see how it sits with them. I can hear uh, airport announcements going on in the background. Are you about to get called for your flight? Yes, I am. I, I have a flight that leaves in about half an hour, and I think that's been uh, towards the gate. Okay. So do you have anything online that we could play for our listeners to get an idea of what your show is like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, the Rap Guide to Consciousness is a whole album as well. So for each of my various shows, I do it as a theater production, and I also put it out on iTunes and Apple Music and Spotify. So uh, listeners, I would encourage you to type in Rap Guide to Consciousness to whatever your favorite streaming service is, and um, you'll hear most of the songs that are in the show. Uh, but then the show also contains all this sort of uh, context and set up an introductory material so that the lyrics and the songs make more sense in terms of what the science is that they're interacting with. But you're, uh, you're welcome to stream any of the tracks into the uh, broadcast as well. If you want to, um, you know, put it in context. Well, thanks so much, Baba. It's been really interesting talking to you and yeah, we, well, we look forward to the show. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see you there and what you think. And I appreciate you uh, giving me a chance to talk to you and talk to your audience. So where are you off to when you hop on this plane? Um, I'm flying to Montreal for a couple of days now. Actually, I'm just going to uh, hang out with friends for a few days there. Okay. Well, we'll see you on August 27th at the Civic Theater. I can't wait. Okay. Have a good flight. Thanks, guys. So we've been talking to Baba Brinkman, who will be performing at the Civic Theater on August 27th in Nelson, B.C. But never from limited options The only limited option I could see When ripping it dopey Was repping the streets Or becoming an OG Who me? I went to university 
university, studied poetry, and planted a million trees at a summer job or learning to MC. Could have continued on to get a PhD, but I dropped out after I finished a master's to put some intelligent hip hop out. Invented a new style that's fact checked and peer reviewed. Packing ridiculous levels of information into a lyrical groove. What should I do? I've got options. What should I rap about? I think I can rap about anything except what the rest of them rap about. So, what about climate change? Yeah, love a good challenge. That's about as unsexy a topic as anything I could imagine. Plus, it happens to be a massive threat to human survival. So, nothing less than saving the planet with rap is my goal. So, get your head nodded. We're solving some problems. Get your head nodded. Cause we still got options. Get your head nodded. We're solving some problems. Tree-hugging Canadian, we don't know what to make of him People heard me rapping, always thought I was an alien Until the day I played Aesop, the living legend Some of my music, and he said That's the kind of rap white people should be doing Watch me find my groove and chase it Rhymes and music, making the world a better place With science communication So do me a favor and check your feelings While you listen to me rhyme Your reaction is like the weather Whatever it's like outside But the feelings of everybody listening combined That's like the climate The average weather over time is simple not sufficient for you to check your intuitions check them against evidence and statistics if reality contradicts an individual's worldview it takes persistence for the message to get through and that's what i'm here to do this is not your basic rhyming it's designed to penetrate your confirmation bias well it's now official noah and nasa have now concluded that 2015 was the warmest year on record globally and consequences believing in superstitions or the scientific method 2015 officially hottest year on record but one cold day is all it takes to forget it i'm beginning to feel like this particular problem was designed to evade the innate architecture of the mind ask a scientist they'll tell you the climate is in crisis but people on the street see a bigger threat in isis cognitive biases i really don't give a puff of co2 whether you drive a ridiculous suv or eat tofu just try to remain conscious of how you influence other people's options Rappers coming out of Compton, the Bronx and Brooklyn Introduced me to this music, and this is where I took it So nod your head to the beat Climate change is real, nod affirmatively American people, 
almost the entire scientific community and 200 nations around the world who agree it's a problem and intend to solve it. Beat the mob, beat pessimism with the primal rhythm When I'm telling a story, it's so epic I get my positivity from De La Soul Records But artificial intelligence won't save us The stakes is high for today's civilizations Stuck in an ego-tripping balloon mind state The ocean's about to be three feet high and rising It's time for a grind day Say no go, we gotta get that baby fat under control And it starts with me, myself, and I reduce Submissions where I can in this dog-eat-dog competition So the kids don't face a stone age Instead of a daisy age after De La Soul is dead But De La Soul is still alive So there's still time for humanity to survive Try to keep it positive Try to keep it positive Try to keep it Welcome to a special edition of Shift Happens Empower Hour. My name is Jeff. And I'm Anna. And we have on the phone with us, Lester McLean. Hey guys, how's it going? We're doing just well. How about you? Very well, thank you. Very well. Glad to be on the show. So you're in the big smoke right now, huh? Well, uh, well, I think you're in the big smoke uh, in BC, are you not? <laughs> uh, don't rub it in, okay? <laughs> That's... <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't mean to be insensitive. That's that maybe comes comes off as a bit insensitive. You're from Toronto, so insensitive is kind of normal, right? Uh-huh. Just kidding, just kidding. Touche, touche. Yeah, I had it coming. So, Lester, you are coming to the Kootenays sometime quite soon. What's the date of your show? Well, um, we, we're doing a whole uh, BC thing. We're starting in Trail on the 21st, the 22nd in Cranbrook, the 23rd in Caslow. 24th in Nelson, and then Vernon on the 25th. So there we go. And then Cam, I'll just round it out, Kamloops on the 26th. So uh, it's, a, it's quite a few days of, in a row of playing, but uh, I'm very excited about it. So for people who don't know your music, what's the genre? Well, that's a good question. Um, uh, let's say, um, let's put it this way. My roots are kind of uh, uh, in jazz. My roots are kind of in R&B and soul and funk. And uh, and uh, a little bit of reggae, so all of that's kind of in the mix. And uh, but I've had some pop sensibilities as well. So um, you're going to hear some of uh, some of my original work, but you'll also hear stuff by Michael Jackson and the Police and and, uh, and Prince and Stevie Wonder. So very fun. I was thinking of a Michael Jackson joke, but I think I'm going to refrain. <laughs> well, I, well, you know what? If you want to take a shot, go ahead. I'm here. Yeah, I think no, I'm going to. Please don't. I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone knows where I'm going with this, but anyway. But you got to admit, he did play some good music. He was an you know amazing what? musician. By, by, for, for me, like, I mean, uh, as, we're, uh, as we're taping this, uh, Aretha Franklin passed away today, and obviously a major, major influence on North American music. And in fact, uh, Barack Obama was quoted as saying she's a soundtrack, one of the soundtracks for, Martin North, uh, for U.S. music, and that's very true. Right. But uh, so I'm very sad about that. But for me, when Michael passed in 2009, 
that was uh, that was big for me. He is by far uh, my biggest influence, at least as a singer. I'm not saying I sound like Michael Jackson, but um, he he was big for me. And you know, just uh, you know, a, a young black kid coming up in Toronto, you see this guy who's 11 years old doing his thing. You you know, it's pretty it's pretty powerful. So he was big for me. Nice. So, what venues are you playing in? Well, uh, we're at, in Trail. We're at Music in the Park, so it's Park. Uh, in Cranbrook, we're at Aunt, Aunt Barb's Bakery. On the 23rd in Caswell, we're at the Bluebell Cafe. Friday the 24th in Nelson at Finley's Bar and Grill. Saturday in Vernon, Studio E. And then uh, Sunday in Kamloops and Music in the Park. So those are all the venues. So I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'll tell you that uh, this is a, a, a first for me. I've done some touring in the past, but... This is the first time I've ever gone out uh, on the road in my in my uh, under my own name, so I'm pretty excited about that. That's really cool. And those are, uh, I mean, I don't know all of those venues, but I know a lot of them, and they're really fun. Yeah, fun environments to play in. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I'll I'll say I, I should tell you that uh, supporting me on the tour. I should, I, that sounds bad. Like we're uh, joining me on the tour is Michael Acapetti on guitar and vocals. Um, it's going to be uh, Tony Ferraro, native of Trail, BC, on drums. And then we are very pleased to have Felix Pistorius out of New York uh, coming with us on this tour. So uh, all of those guys have been in BC before. And in fact, Michael has really spearheaded the booking of this tour because he's done a lot of work out. Uh, he was out there last year, as a matter of fact, playing in Caslo. And uh, so uh, he, he knows he knows the, uh, the venue as well, and he has good relationships with everybody. So we're just looking forward to coming out and extending that already good relationship and just playing some good music and having some fun. So I'll warn you, when you do the music in the park, you may want to wear a gas mask or something. <laughs> yeah, With all the smoke talk. in the air. Well, but. listen, I, you know, Michael was, Michael was telling me today, he, I think he was in, uh, I think he was in Vernon last year. Right. And uh, there was a similar, I don't think it was a state of emergency that we're talking about uh, now, but there was a, a fire and uh, he said, yeah, you could see it. You definitely smoke in the air. So, it's a concern for sure, uh, but we're hoping by the time we get out out there, you know, hopefully, number one, you get some rain, and number two, uh, things have calmed down quite a bit. So let's just hope. You just don't want it to rain during your show. Well, no, no, right? Not, not at the cost of the show, but then again, listen, I know, like, I mean, to, be, to speak seriously, obviously, a lot of a lot of lands at stake, and a lot of people's livelihoods and, and homes are affected here. So. Uh, if it has to rain uh, during during our show uh, to save some people's uh, lives, literally, then uh, then it has to rain. Right. So you said this is the first time you've toured under your own name. Yes. He toured yes. as Michael Jackson before that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish. So I've done some things. Uh, Jar- Jarvis Church, um, uh, formerly of the Philosopher, well, still the Philosopher Kings, they're touring again. But I've- Oh, great band. Yes, so I was out with Jarvis and his band uh, last year out in Burnaby, as a matter of fact, or two years ago out in Burnaby. Uh, I did a little bit of work with Ashley McIsaac. Another great um, musician. Yes, so I, I've, I've been with him and uh, a few other, a few other uh, artists that I have, I've, I've gone out and done some things with it. But this is the first time I've been out on an extensive tour on my, I get under my own name. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's a long time coming, I suppose, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm happy and excited and looking forward to it. Well, at least if you get uh, exposure and it's under your name, then it gives you that much more traction, if you will, right? Absolutely. I mean, we're, I'm really looking at this as, as, as a launch point to, to, to continue to do some things. And 
next year be able to, to, to maybe come out, stay longer, and do a, a more of an extensive tour, maybe even work back towards Alberta, or quite frankly, uh, more uh, uh, more of uh, more interesting. Excuse me, is to do Burnaby in Vancouver. I would love that. I've got family and, and friends in that area, and uh, I, as much as I'm excited about this tour, I'm a little disappointed we're not going to get to those areas. But logistically, it just didn't work out. So right. that's fine. Well, you'll enjoy BC in spite of the smoke. Yes, I definitely will. I definitely will. Yeah. So what, do, I mean, do you do music full time or what's your day job? Oh, well, I, I, uh, I don't do music full time. It feels like it a lot of the time because I'm, I'm, you know, fortunately, uh, it's still relatively busy. I perform at least two or three times a week, um, most of the time, most months of the year. But uh, no, my, my, uh, I'm very, very proud to uh, be, have been with uh, TSN, the Sports Network, uh, for, for 22 years. Um, so I am a programming manager uh, for, for TSN, and uh, I've also uh, I'm actually still involved with a, with a podcast with James Duthie called the Rubber Boots, Rubber Boots Podcast. So that's heard nationally, okay. internationally, in fact. And then I've got that. I've done some work with the NHL on TSN at one point, and uh, I'm going to be involved with TSN Radio a little bit too. So it's kind of funny in, in that I do have this you know the steady day job, job and it's, it is essentially a desk job, but. Because of, uh, you know, my, my musical uh, background, I've been able to sort of, uh, you know, overlap and, and have some and do some different things with the network. So I'm, I'm really, uh, I really feel grateful and, and blessed that I'm able to do that. Very cool. So what percentage of the material that you're going to perform is your own original work? Um, you know what? It's going to depend. Uh, it's going to vary from venue to venue. Right. Um, but I, 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 I could see us doing probably 60, 40, 60 original, 60% original, 40% cover. Um, most of the, most of the material, most of the time when we do it, 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 it kind of works out that way. So, uh, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, I believe that, uh, one, one of the things that I'll say that's sort of a hallmark of my sound and the sound that I, that I've had with, uh, with the band is that we have been able to sort of lend our own style to cover. So, um, one of the things that um, one of my favorite artists of all time was Robert Palmer. Um, also, ah, you know, uh, might as well face it. You're addicted to love, man. <laughs> well, I actually first heard of him through the power station, but that's a whole other story. But in any case, Robert Palmer was the master of doing covers and having his own stamp on it, but still sort of somehow remaining true to the artist. So that's always stuck with me when we've done covers. I don't like changing things too much where you don't recognize the song but I think it's important to have your own flavor. So, you know, uh, on, on the first trio record, for example, we did a, a version of Little Red Corvette. We still do that. We have, uh, you know, Human Nature, Michael Jackson, we have our own version of that song. Um, uh, yeah, on, as a matter of fact, speaking of Aretha Franklin, she, uh, she recorded a song by Stevie Wonder called Until You Come Back to Me. We have a version of that song as well that I think is lovely. So um, there, there's, there's things that we do, and, you know, we get into some James Brown and stuff on YouTube and, all sorts of things. So I'm, I'm again, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And the, the whole reason I started the band in the first place was, was to sort of be able to stretch out in a way that, uh, you know, you don't get to do and, and sort of, uh, I sort of became a songwriter along the way in a, in a sense. So it's, it's been, it's been fun. Well, I mean, we've talked about your music now, so why don't we play a tune? I would love that. Which track would you like us to play? You know what? Uh, why don't you start off, because uh, it's an introduction, why don't you start off with a song that I've written called Hello. 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 Mm, how you feel? 
afternoon or summer morning Stretch your body and relax your mind Forget about yesterday Is it a brand new slate? What wheel of our frustrations that brought you down? And let them all melt away Take hold of what you've got Exaggerate the unique gifts that you have only one you face the dead and lies ahead do the very best you can with what you've got whenever and from wherever you are wherever you are wherever you are wherever you hello not hello. goodbye we'll be saying oh. goodbye in a few minutes but yeah we we're having a really fun interview with lester mckean is yeah. that the way you pronounce it mclean yeah clean all right m-c-l-e-a-n mm. all right cool so you said you're with uh tsm for 22 years 22 years yes sir you sound like you're 21 <laughs> are, are you um, young sounding or just immature um, you know what? I think I'm, I'll, 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 I'm going to go ahead with, uh, let's say a combination of both. Okay. I think you have to be, uh, I think you have to be a little bit immature to, to, to get into this business of, of being a musician. And I think you have to sort of, sus, sort of suspend your, try to keep the stay youthful. So I think there's part, that's partly uh, part of that. But also I think I actually do have a younger timbre to my, to my voice. I will tell you, listen, I'm not afraid of the thing. I'm, I'm 48 and, uh, you know, I feel good and uh, I've been blessed with being very healthy for the most part. And uh, I try to look after myself and, and, and stay in shape. And music has helped me sort of to, to keep a, a younger outlook. So uh, there you go. I think that's great. Yeah, I think I, yeah, it's totally great. There's a lot of people now, I guess it's the baby boomer generation and or maybe it's the advance in healthcare or who knows. But a lot of people starting to do their true passions later in life. Absolutely. Very good point. And, and you know, one of the things that I would like to, to sort of try to start doing is, is encourage people through this tour. I mean, this, you're right. I mean, this is, this is something that I really, yeah, it would have been great to do this 20 years ago. I mean, it's, we're, we're, you know, we're, um, 
Tony and and uh, and Michael and Felix and I are essentially coming down there, and we're going to get in a van and we're going to drive around and and do this tour. And you know that that's that's the younger man's game, I think for sure. But at the same time, it's something that we're all very passionate about, and we just love doing. And every every to a man, everybody's excited about this. And uh, there's no trepidation about the, the amount of driving we have to do at all. I think we're just we're all just really looking forward to it, and we all get along really well. So it's good. And I would say as well, I think. Part of the reason I want to do this and, and make a lot of noise about it is I believe that there's a lot of people out there at my age and, and maybe even older that are sort of feeling like our demographic is being pushed to the side. I mean, certainly musically, if you, you listen to most radio stations now, the pop music radio stations, find me, find me uh, anytime they're playing an artist that's under 30, that's, that's, that's over 30 years old. I think you'd be very hard pressed to find uh, people with the exception of your U2s maybe and, uh, maybe Beyonce and, and whatnot that are, that are, you know, they're playing artists that are older. And, uh, I just feel like, uh, at some point we're going to have to start taking back pop culture a little bit at the time, you know? So totally agree, to man. Totally agree. Yeah. So, okay. You're gigging with these musicians that are all across the country. So do you rehearse with them virtually like through, uh, uh, like online means, or do you just get together when you're doing the gigs, or how does that work? Well, I mean, we we're fortunate enough. Uh, Tony was out. Uh, Tony uh, Ferraro, um, incidentally, is the brother of uh, Ray Ferraro. TSN's Ray Ferraro, our, our hockey analyst there. So, right, uh, another synergy with TSN. I just can't escape, right? But anyway, <laughs> um, Tony was out here uh, last October uh, playing with the Spoons, uh, and he oh, cool, was available. So we actually did a gig together here. We played at Toronto's The Rex, The Rex uh, Hotel and, and Bar, and, and we had a great time there. And Felix has played with Michael before, and we're going to get together. We're actually playing on Sunday, uh, the, the, before we come out there, the Sunday before we leave, we're, we're, we're playing a gig here in Toronto. So the idea is we're going to have get together at Michael Acapetti's house, have a pasta dinner, and sort of talk down some students and play some things maybe, and then just go do it. So. So it's a combination of virtually, like I've sent guys songs and and, and, uh, and material and, and YouTube clips, and also we're going to get together. So um, and listen, we're going to have some time on the plane to talk these things down as well. And you know, it's it's good good music. I wouldn't say it's overly complicated, uh, which helps. So it's good. Awesome. And that's the beauty of being mature musicians too, is that you can pick up a lead sheet and just do it. That's very true. Very good point as well. And the beauty of it too is, is I mean, when you're more advanced in years, let's just put it that way as a musician, you've been around the block. And if you're doing this, you're doing this because you really want to do it and you're going to get down and do it. hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. And I think that's, that's important. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I'll mention that I, I tour a lot of the touring that I've been doing lately is actually with an Elton John tribute band. Elton Ron, that's their, uh, Ron himself is out of Port Credit, Ontario. But I mean, that's a mature band as well. In fact, I'm the youngest guy in that band. And I think it's been helpful to, to, to go on the road with those guys because it's very workmanlike. As a matter of fact, we, we, we have to say we leave at this time, everybody's on time, we go have dinner, we go, you know, we go to the show, we do our sound check, we play the show, we pack up, we move on. And I think, don't get me wrong, we have a lot of fun in that. But I think, you know, you're right in the sense of the mature group, there's no shenanigans. You know, there's there's no tomfoolery and anything like that. Everybody's mature. We're not out there. We're not out there chasing fame and fortune per se. We just want to go and play music. And I think 
the simplicity of that has always sort of been a foremost in my mind. That's why I started playing. That's why I really wanted to start. You know, I'm, you know, the first thing I picked up really it was a guitar. But then when I started playing saxophone, that's when I really got the bug. So, um, you know, I'm very much looking forward to this this opportunity to go out there and just sort of expand on everything I've been been doing now and take it to a new level with these guys. You've uh, definitely got me intrigued. You're not coming to Nelson. You're going to yeah, Nelson at Finley's. Oh, Nelson at Finley's. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely and Bluebell at, in Caslo, and then where in Trail? Trail. It's it's music yes. in the park. Okay. So I'm. I'll a- be in the mosh pit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's great. Catch me. There you go. I'm well, curious. Twenty. I'm a little heavier than I than I than I probably look. So. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> and my back isn't very strong, so maybe I'll just let you drop to the ground. You're not giving me a lot of confidence in stage driving here, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, what age did you start playing music at? Uh, I picked up the guitar. I started taking guitar lessons when I was 10 years old. Nice. And was it was it music, or did you feel like you had a message you needed to share, or it was just the groove and the joy of expressing yourself or like what kept you going? Cause a lot of kids start at, you know, at that age, their parents put them into music lessons, but then they don't really keep it up. Well, I'll tell you, as a matter of fact, you raise a good point. Cause as a matter of fact, I did uh, take guitar lessons for two years from 10 to 12. And then I just kind of got, I don't know if I got frustrated or maybe I got a little bit bored and I wasn't doing the things that I wanted to do. And I didn't practice that much. And, so I, I, I sort of stopped taking guitar lessons, much to the disappointment and uh, a- a- anger of my dad. He wasn't happy. But um, the, ironically, when I started, uh, I went to public school, and, and I'll, I'll make this point very quickly. Public school music education is so important. Um, we've got great programs here in Ontario, and I'm sure you do in BC as well. And it's something that's very important to me. But um, that's, so that's how, I mean, I have friends to this day that I met playing, playing in, in high school bands and junior high school bands and whatnot. But when I got to junior high and started playing the sax again, I started uh, playing the saxophone rather and started, you know, making friends through music and spending time and, and developing relationships. That's when it sort of hit me that this is something that I wanted to do. I mean, I enjoyed playing music enough, but I'll admit it, there was a social component as well. And as a matter of fact, British Columbia is very important in my musical development because in 1986, Expo 86 was hosted by Vancouver, and that was my big first, my first big school trip. And we went out to Vancouver, and and then two of my best friends to this day, I met them on that tour, and that's how uh, that's how I got the bug for music. So, yeah, BC is a very important province for me. When you said the social aspect, I thought you were talking about picking up chicks. <laughs> No, no, uh, legitimate friendships. I mean, I appreciate that. And listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you that the saxophone isn't a, isn't a good tool for, for picking up chicks and, and singing and whatnot. But I mean, honestly, it's really, it's, it's never really something that I, that I ever took advantage of. I, in fact, I never really wanted to be that guy. So um, I'm just happy to play. And, and you know what? I think what saved me as well, Jeff, is, is you know, uh, I've, by the time I started playing seriously, I still had this, the TSN job. So, I mean, I'd be playing uh, playing gigs sometimes during the week. Sometimes. I mean, one night in particular, I used to play on Wednesday night. And we'd finish up at one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. And I had to get out of there because I had to go to work the next day. You know, so there was no time for me to really socialize. I mean, hung out, hung out a bit. But other than that, I had to get home to get back to TSN. So that that in itself was, was probably a, as good a deterrent as, as anything. 
So you must have like a few hundred days saved up in your like your days off so you can do these kinds of gigs, eh? Well, I don't I don't I don't have a few hundred, but certainly I have I have uh, you know, being ha- having the tenure I do Yes, it does afford me, uh, you know, some uh, the decent uh, allotment of vacation days. So yes, I'm using my vacation days to come out here and come out to BC and do this tour. But uh, that's time time well spent, as far as I'm concerned. That's dedication to your craft. Absolutely. Well, I think we should talk again sometime in the future. I'm I'm really enjoying this chat that we're having. I would love that. And uh, I think we're getting kind of close to the end of the time that we have, if we're going to play another of your tunes. Okay. So before we do that, though, can you reiterate what the dates are when you're playing out in the Kootenays? Absolutely. Can I just go through the whole schedule? Yes, you can. Okay, perfect. So, Taste, uh, sorry, uh, Trail, trail, uh, we're in Trail BC Music in the Park. That is Tuesday, August the 21st, Wednesday the 22nd in Cranbrook at Aunt Barb's Bakery. Doors at 6, show at 7 p.m. Thursday the 23rd in Caslow, B.C. at the Blue Bell Cafe at 7 p.m. Friday the 24th in Nelson, B.C. in Finley's Bar and Grill at 7 p.m. Saturday the 25th in Vernon, Studio E at 7 p.m. And then finally Sunday the 26th in Kamloops, Kamloops Music in the Park, 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Awesome. Very exciting. Well, you'll see us at at least one of those events. Maybe we'll go to the very first one. And if we really like you, we'll become groupies or something. Would love that. There you go. But don't count on me being in the mosh pit. That's fine. That's okay. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. So we're at the end of the interview, but we'd like to share one more of your tunes. So which tune would you like to share with the collective? Well, I'll tell you what. I uh, I think I sent you Look at Yourself. Um, why don't we, we go down with that's the funky tune that I, that I wrote a couple of years ago. Okay. And before we go, I'd like to thank you very much and thank all the listeners and, uh, just say that, uh, we're really excited to come out to BC and we hope that, uh, based on this interview and what you heard, you'll come out and hear a fantastic band. Again, myself, Tony Ferraro on drums, Michael Acapente on guitar and Felix Pistorius on bass. Awesome. Thank you, Lester. It's been a pleasure. My we, pleasure. We've been talking to Lester McLean from the big smoke (laughs) just kidding so here's the tune and thanks for listening Yeah.
Now I'm not saying that things shouldn't bomb you out Sometimes adversity can measure who we are How you deal with the stress and strife That comes with everyday life Can make or break you It can bring you down, 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 down How's it look when you're always the one complaining? How's it look when there's always something wrong?
kiss 